Welcome to All Call with Task Force 20, veteran opinions on veteran topics for the community, family, and friends. Now let's discuss. Howdy, howdy. That's how we open this show up. Um, so I, I am Jason Graven, uh, the host and uh, executive director of Task Force 20. And with me today, like, I, it, it's it's going to be a really good day oh, because you, you guys are going to love this. We have Matt Stam- Stam? Stam? Oh, <laughs> almost. That, almost. Almost. We, we've got Matt with the Air Force. Uh, first time in like six months. Been finally, a while. Finally carved out some time in his schedule for us. Uh, busy man, um, that Matt Stam Stam. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Stam Stam. That's, I'm going to call you that from now on. That's, okay. that's a good nickname. Uh, we've got Dave Gedman, who Hello. You're all, all, you all know Great. quite well. Great morning out there in the airwaves. And we've got old uh, Santa Tusca Claus. Uh, <laughs> oh, ho, ho. How you all doing? Pat Tusco, our Marine Christmas representative. That's right. And uh, we have a really awesome guest with us today, uh, the 2021 Student Veterans of America Veteran of the Year, Catherine Cat. Do you prefer Cat or Catherine? As long as it's not Kathy, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have... Cat, not Kathy Martinez, yeah. um, 2021 SVA Student Veteran of the Year. Um, so what I'd like to do is have Cat start out or Catherine start out. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. What, what do we need to know about Catherine Martinez? Well, hi, hello. My name is Catherine Martinez. I'm a Navy veteran. Didn't hear you mention any Navy vets up here today. But I'm a Navy veteran, served as a sonar technician from 2015 to 2019 with duty stations at the USS Winston S. Churchill and the Mid-Atlantic Regional Maintenance Center. After getting out of the Navy, I worked as a government contractor, a Department of the Navy civilian, but this year transitioned over to the nonprofit sector, so now I work for the Travis Meunion Foundation. But uh, other than that, I completed my undergrad degree in sociology and criminal justice at Old Dominion University. And I'm now pursuing a master's of science in applied data science at Syracuse High School. So really happy to be here. Um, love getting the chance to talk to you, Jason, as you were the advisor of the year the same year I won Student Veteran of the Year. But I'm super passionate about helping veterans, their families, and active duty service members. So ready to start off the conversation today. Yeah, that's quite, quite the resume for someone so young. That's uh, very impressive. Yeah, in the Absolutely. past past couple of years, I've gotten to know her. She is very yeah. high speed. She walks the walk. Yeah, high speed, low drag. As I like we it. said in the army, I don't know. Is that like across all branches? A little bit. Yeah, yeah I guess. All right. I think it's high propeller, low low wake <laughs> for the navy. <laughs> That's what I've experienced. I could be wrong, Cap. Your opinion on that? I don't know. Oh, those marines—they just go at the navy. You hear all over the news. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Part of the reason I wanted to have uh, Kat on this episode is this is going to be live on July 20th. And as we all know, the fall semester is generally the semester that most people begin. Um, so we're going to be transitioning into college. And I think everybody here, including Kat, we've, we've all had very different experiences when it comes to higher education and the civilian to student, or I'm sorry, the service to student to civilian transitions. Um, so I thought she'd be a perfect example to kind of talk about 
her transition from her time in the Navy to going to school and now with the Travis Manion Foundation. Um, so when leaving the Navy, I guess, what was your thought process on college? Like, did you join the Navy to go to college? So, no, I actually had gone to college before joining the Navy. I was actually studying business administration and was in my accounting class. And when my professor said I had to take another one, that was my kind of, I can't do this. Uh, uh, Coupled with a few personal things, I kind of decided to join the Navy. I was an NJRTC in high school, so always kind of knew I had an out by joining the military to kind of, I guess you can say, run away from my problems until I figured everything out. So, um, joined the Navy and everything, but, uh, the unique circumstance, I didn't transition out at the end of my contract. I was injured in the line of duty. So went through the medical board process through the Navy and, um, so my, I got out a month. Oh, my, my cousin's going through that right now. Is that kind of a pain with the Navy? Cause I, for me way back in 2004, uh, I was actually fairly simple, I, you know, attend, uh, the required appointments and tell them what's wrong with you. And I, that, that was my experience. Is it more difficult in the Navy? Oh, absolutely. They quote you, if you do the IDES process, which includes your VA claim process as well, uh, they quote you 180 days, but um, I got out in 2019. So there was quite a bit of backlog. Mm-hmm. And for those after me during the pandemic, it was even worse. But um I was in my med board process and it was taking a really long time. I was getting frustrated. I was confused because you can't do job interviews until you have an outdate. You can't, right. can't really start school until you have your outdate either because um, I was no longer eligible for t- uh, tuition assistance since I was in that limbo of staying in or getting out. Um, but once I did get my outdate, I would get out October 29, 2019, which is actually just shy of 30 days of my original EAOS date. Um, oh. But once <laughs> I got my just stayed outdate, in. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Navy, big Navy said no. Gotcha. <laughs> I was staying the full time, but they said no. Um, but I digress. Uh, I was in my, my board process. I was like, now I got my outdate. I could look for jobs. I can go to school. So before I started going to Tidewater Community College, because they had um, open enrollment throughout the year and saw that they had a um, semester starting in August. And then me thinking, if I start in October, that's too late to start in the fall. So I decided to go through with the fall semester in August and kind of refound my way because that's t- what I started studying is social sciences, which is totally different from business administration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and moving from a school in California to Virginia, the requirements are entirely different. So it's kind of starting all over again, but thankfully at Tidewater Community College, they have a really good um, veterans office and there's a role called the veterans liaison. And mine was Shelly Beard and she has since transferred to a community college system in Southern Florida, but she helped me tremendously to start navigating these waters. Um, But I'm going to stop there before I answer more of your questions that you might have. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, that that was that was absolutely perfect. So, would you say the veterans' offices? Like, I know uh, my my current job. Uh, I no longer am necessarily a part of the veterans' offices. I still, you know, work hand in hand with some of them. Um, but my previous employment, you know, working in the veterans' offices, we always struggled to get people to come in and utilize the services that we had. 
Would you say that it's, you know, should be a vital part of, especially a former active duty veterans uh, service to student transition is to get connected and find out what those resources are? I think it's integral to have these offices be a part of orientation, uh, new student orientation at that, because I found out about my office because um, they had a club slash organization fair and I was walking around and there was a student veterans of America chapter. I didn't know what that was, but stopped to get more information and the veteran liaison was also there. And she told me about the offices, what their services are. And I was like, oh, I had no idea and can only imagine how many veterans or active duty service members, spouses, or children go back to school and have no idea of what the available resources are. Because at least me personally, going to any university's website, it's a lot of information with a lot of navigating issues because how do you know where to click? So <laughs> yeah, definitely absolutely. think they should be a bigger part, especially when it comes to becoming familiar with the campus to introduce these offices and what they do. So I, what I'm going to do, I'm about to be the one thing that I always hated. So back in my day, <laughs> way, way back in 2005. Um, so uh, there was no such thing as the veterans offices. We had the school certifying official who did all your VA benefits and that was it. Um, there was no West VA uh, and the orientation that I had to go through was your typical 18-year-old, you know, rah-rah, you know, our college is awesome type orientation. I literally had to attend the homecoming ceremonies and write a one-page paper on the homecoming ceremonies. Here I am, 25 years old, less than a year beforehand, was in Iraq. And bald. It, well, yeah, I've, I've been bald a very long time. <laughs> um, and I'm in this sea of 18-year-olds, like, you know, University of Toledo is the greatest ever, woo! And then I had to go write a paper on it. So that's that's what it used to be like. Yeah. Well, I was the same way because I got out in, oh, 92. I'm dating myself. I'm much younger than That's that. weird, Pat. Don't I date yourself. I look much younger than that. But uh, it was the same way. And that's where I started was I moved to Toledo and, and started UT. And it was the same way. I was just like, you know, I'm walking into a class with a bunch of 17, 18-year-olds who are going to sign up. And I'm just like. Okay. But there was no guidance, just like you said. It was like, oh, you got VA benefits? Cool. Fill out this form. Thanks. Yep. We're going to take your money. Like my experience, I don't think a lot of people, especially vets, search a lot of that out. You know, like we have lots of programs. Like now they have this thing called Yellow Ribbon where you have to, you know, spend your time once you get home to go to these weekend seminars to learn a bunch of stuff. And nobody wants to do it. And I can understand it. You know, you just got back from deployment or you know, you want to do family stuff or you want to do what interests you, not necessarily go to these briefings, but nobody wants to do it. You know, no one wants right. to, you know, we're all smarter and wiser as we go through and we're sitting there going, well, we don't need help. We're, we can figure it out. Yeah, right. fitful. And there's yeah. so many people out there that their jobs center around just making things easier for you if you search them out. Um, so I think, yeah, that's just that's been my experience. And yeah. A lot of people just don't want to go do that overload of information. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, um, so what was it like at ITT Tech? ITT Tech, <laughs> ITT Technical Institute, uh, the fine institute Ooh. of higher learning. Does that um, does that exist? No, nope. it does not. Oh, okay. For reasons, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, ba basically, it was you know I I, t I went in there and talked to some some advisor and you know that told me how great everything was going to be and. 
And with me, I had gotten out. I had a, a spouse. I mean, you know, I had my wife and two daughters, and I did not have a job. You know what I mean? So I needed to get in school as fast as I could to start getting right. my GI Bill benefits so so I would have basically an income. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was the big appeal of ITT Tech was, you know, because they do quarters instead of semesters so that mm-hmm. I can start sooner. Right. And um, all the books are covered under the cost and everything. And so, like, I didn't have to pay additional for books like you know, a lot of regular mm-hmm. schools do. So, like, there was all these benefits to it. Um, and then it turned out, you know, that really the, the degree was not worth the paper that it was written mm-hmm. on, and none of the credits are transferable. So uh, it, it ended up. I mean, it's all good. I got all my student loan money back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, I gotta, I gotta talk to uh, Tiffany. To she's got to talk to Marcy to see if they're gonna do anything about getting my. Um, because if they're going to give everybody their all, all the civilians their student loan money back, then why wouldn't they give veterans their GI Bill yeah, back? That right, makes sense. Like it, right. it's it's like a no brainer, and mm-hmm. they haven't done that. So, uh, so I, I think that I've got to start mm-hmm. banging on that drum, and, and all the you know veterans got scammed just as much as regular people. Oh did. yeah, right. I would ask you guys just, I mean, and then Cat, maybe also you. Did your benefits come like for me? I waited for that check. <laughs> um, because that's how they did it back then when I was getting my benefits. And it was like, oh, I got a bill due, but I can't pay it because I'm waiting on the check. Uh, uh, old GI bill is great. Run into, the, run into the mailbox. Is it all direct deposit now for you guys, or how's that work? So you can opt in for direct deposit when using your GI bill, but the biggest misconception for new GI bill users is understanding that it's based on enrollment days for the previous month. So if you were only in school for 15 days for, say, the month of May, June 1st, you only get paid for 15 days of school, not all 30. So you won't receive a full month's uh, pay. You'll receive, mm-hmm. like, half okay. of it. Okay. So, yeah, that was probably the most yeah. common uh, issue I had to address when I was in in the more advisory-type role. Yeah. Now, when you guys get your benefits, is that something that they – is that just like when I was getting mine, I'd get that check. I could use it for whatever. I mean, is yeah. that basically still how it is? I, I know. Uh, yeah, especially since the new uh, post-911 GI Bill covers the cost of tuition. Um, it's basically a housing allowance is what the uh, the, the BAH okay. portion of it is now. Where like you and I on the old GI Bill, it's stories like yours and mine are why they upgraded it. Yeah, um, yeah I got that. and. I'm not quite as old as you. I didn't have to wait on a check. Um, you know, I got direct deposited, but I didn't have any of my tuition paid. Okay. So me being the genius that I was, yes. right? I had a full time yeah. job. You know, I'm getting the $1,300 a month that I was That's getting right. for the BAH, yeah. mm-hmm. and I still took out student loans because yeah. you know I'm in. You know, no, here I am at 43. I can say this openly. I was an idiot. Um, so I've got 90,000 reasons why you should not do that. Yeah. Um, especially with the post nine eleven GI bill paying your tuition. Yeah. Don't, don't take loans. It's, it's, I'm still paying on that mess. Um, you can be paying that thing till you day, the day you die. Yeah, yeah. Most likely, unfortunately, you probably, you probably owe more now than you did when you graduated, <laughs> yeah. don't you? That- so during COVID, I continued to make payments okay. um, oh, so because I could still afford to. Right. Out of the 17 loans, I paid off three, mm-hmm. and I still owe the same because the interest – it's yeah. a racket. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100% is a racket. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you can not take student loans, don't. Yeah. No. 
This month's podcast is sponsored by Lauren Gedman with Remax Preferred Associates. Give Lauren a call at 419-322-9280 with all of your real estate questions. Um, so with that, like how you, you mentioned you first met the Student Veterans of America at Old Dominion, I believe, at the orientation. Um, did you like kind of gradually like get in, attend a couple of meetings, and then they said, "Hey, you're you're high speed, low drag. You should be the president." Or how did, how how did your SVA story tell us transpire? about your rise in the SVA? <laughs> so um, I was first at Tidewater Community College. I went to their student club fair and everything, and learned more about it. But since I was still active duty, I was in that awkward role. I was like, eh, "I'm not a veteran yet." Um, what pulled me was a veteran's liaison because she was explaining how to use my GI Bill while I was still active, what that meant. And I was like, cool, and stopped by the office. However, what started is when she lured me into the office, I'm going to say it like that. She lured me into the office. To have a was there candy? Because <laughs> uh, she's like, when do you get out? And I told her at the end of October. And she goes, well, I know you feel uncomfortable being involved right now because you don't consider yourself a veteran, you're active duty. What does after you get out look like? And I was just like, I still feel it's a little weird. Um, you you probably have all heard different people define veteran differently. Um, I was getting medically separated. I didn't feel like I warranted the title like all my other fellow veterans. My right. perception has since changed. Um, but uh, at the time, when I was active duty in Hampton Roads, I was in charge of a suicide awareness walk for three years. And so she brought that up and she's like, you're very well connected in the Hampton Roads community. Why don't you continue your leadership by running the Student Veterans of America program? And I still said I wasn't sure. And she gave me some time to think about it. And kind of 24 hours later, just agreed to run as president. And kind of from there, she was the catalyst of how my involvement from SBA would grow because she found out about SVA's national convention, which that uh, NACCON 2020 was taking place at LA Live. Yep. And she would work with school administration to really push for me to go, because obviously community colleges, most people send one, two years max there. What is the return of investment of sending a student to a conference right. when you know they're going to not be there for a long time? So she argued and agreed to let them send me out, cover all costs, and even gave me a stipend to make sure I was good for the entirety of the time there and kind of uh, was kind of amazed by the amount of resources, all types of student veterans of decades of service from those who are post 9-11 to those who served in the Cold War and beyond that, um, how much NACON brings to the table that I feel most veterans should attend and what was my hook, line, and sinker? I met Jared Lyon for the first time. And uh, so just for those who don't know, Jared Lyon is the national president and CEO of the Student Veterans of America. Right on. Yes. So I was at my first NatCon waiting in line to talk to Jared. Jared does a very good job of meeting as many people as he can and sharing and very engaged conversations. So I went in line and spoke to him. And I told him about my feelings about being a veteran. And he was one of the first people to say, you are a veteran, but he was the first person that helped me believe that I was in fact a veteran. So I took that home with me, uh, coupled with uh, the gala awards where they kind of explain what the student veteran of the year finalist, the advisor of the year finalist, and the chapter of the year finalist have done for their community. 
and for the student veteran community at large. And hearing what they were able to to accomplish, I took that as a, I can do more. So came back from NatCon 2020 and just kind of just started running from there. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that 2020 was my first one as well. And yeah, while obviously, and this is probably the same for you, 2022 has a very special place uh, in my life. You know, having been named the chapter advisor of the year, I I, I got to, I, I think the kids would say 2020 was lit. Like, I really enjoyed the, uh, the 2020 NatCon in Los Angeles. Uh, I don't think out of all years to call lit. I don't think 2020 is the one. <laughs> well, it so, might be the only one. Yeah. So, so NatCon actually takes place, I, I think it's the first or second week of January every year. So it was like two, three months prior to, to COVID. Yeah. So okay. um, you made it in. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and kind of, you know, you highlighted something that I think is extremely important. Like you had uh, a leader that recognized something in you before you recognized it. And that first advisor that was convincing you to take a lead role when maybe you weren't ready for it. Um, and I think a lot of us, uh, we fail to see and recognize when that's occurring. Um, so I, I'm sure that first advisor that was really pushing you before you were ready holds a certain kind of uh, place in your heart and in your life. Am I correct in that? Yes, I still talk to Shelly all the time, <laughs> even now. So, That's awesome. Uh, That's thank great. you, Shelly. <laughs> um, yes, please. Yeah, because uh, you have gone on to do some really amazing things, and I'm proud to call you a friend, and I like seeing you know all the things that you're doing now with the Travis Manion Foundation. So how did that kind of come about, and what are some of the things you're doing with them? So I also met Travis Manning Foundation at that NatCon. Uh, to be honest, my boss does know I say this. So um, I thought they were the Spartan race at first. And I was kind of <laughs> confused. I was like, why is the Spartan race here? So walked up to the table and met three amazing staff members that were tabling and kind of told me more about what the Travis Manning Foundation is. And it was their ethos that made me volunteer for their organization. Their ethos is, if not me, then who? I like it. Yeah, and it just kind of stays because you can apply that in a number of ways. But getting out of the military uh, in a way that wasn't my choice by medical separation with a desire to continue service, hearing something like that was something I needed to hear. And so... I got trained as a character does matter mentor. And what that is, is a program where we use the thought of positive psychology to help develop character in the next generation of youth. And I loved it. We work with all kinds of students from students who attend title one schools to military children and everything and all in between. And it meant a lot because it allowed me to serve in a different lens because in my Naval service, wanted to give back to my country, but here was a more localized level. So was a mentor for various years and something that was quoted when I won student veteran of the year was my operation legacy project with the Travis Manning foundation. And what that is, is an opportunity to design and create a community service project to honor a fallen hero. 
and mine honored Selena Roth, which was a Army veteran who was actually uh, murdered at an installation in Hawaii and found in a trash can. Holy crap. Mm, wow. I learned about her story in January 2021, and it shook me to the core. And at the time, the investigation and everything was ongoing, and the meticulous detail about her, what had happened, up until uh, her husband was charged um, and court-martialed, he was found guilty. Uh, I designed a project in her memory, and Travis Mannion Foundation allowed me to put it in a way that was meaningful and respectful to the situation to the point that it kind of went viral on Facebook because this is during the pandemic. How do you engage and connect with others? Um, her sister ended up finding my project and that was already a shocker to me. She sent me a message on Facebook going, Hey, you don't know me, but your project is about my sister. How did you learn about my sister? We had a really long conversation. Um, the world is always small and in the BSO community, military affiliate community, you get reminded of that constantly. She right. also lived in Chesapeake, Virginia at the time, where, which is where I lived as well and was carrying out the project. Hmm. And I gained enough momentum that the week before we did the sorting. So the project was a month long campaign to collect items to benefit a Samaritan house, which offers 24 seven support services to victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking. Um, but the week before we were doing the on-site collection and sorting, I get a message from her mom saying that she's going to fly from out of state to attend the event. Wow. And it was learning the power and meaning of having a project in honor of a fallen hero, how much it goes beyond your desire to, memorialize someone but how much it means to the family and how much uh it means to the people that knew that fallen hero so uh continue to do service projects and then they have several national initiatives around veterans day martin luther king day uh, the honor project which is around memorial day and even our back to school initiatives and love the opportunity to just continue service and remind myself of that if not me then who ethos and the other we call ourselves Spartans, so that's where the Spartan comes back yeah. in. Um, right, and, and good news. Um, yeah, I, I am fairly certain in saying this. I don't think your boss is one of the ten people that listen to this podcast. So I don't, <laughs> I don't think you're getting get in trouble for saying that. <laughs> uh, it's just a funny story when I uh, say, "Yeah, I didn't know you guys were the Travis Manion Foundation at first. I just saw you got, saw a Spartan head in the corner of the room and was attracted to that." But the ethos lured me in, so the job was done. Right. That's the important part. Yeah. Um, so that's where my story started with Travis Manning Foundation and kind of kept volunteering with them. And it was in late December where uh, where I was working at became kind of an intense working environment where I decided to make the decision to seek other employment to continue my personal and professional development and saw an opportunity with the Travis Manning foundation. So, um, was grateful for the opportunity to be hired on as the mid Atlantic region manager, which is kind of in charge of the program development for the DMV as well as West Virginia. Yeah. I, I told you, told you guys that she was high speed, low drag, right? Yeah. Oh, no yeah. kidding. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's, uh, from, from the minute, I met her uh, after, you know, we were all kind of lingering after we had gotten the awards. I could just tell, like, she had 
a, a passion for this stuff and she was somebody that I was going to be really excited to get to know and you know Kat watching you over the past couple of years continue these missions and seeing all of the awesome things that are coming your way uh, it's been a, a real pleasure uh, to know you and to watch how you're doing so much good and I hope that you continue to do so thank you that means a lot I just find it funny because initially I knew I was supposed to meet you because Catherine Dobbs is my, one of my best friends, and she told me so much about you at her time at um, your previous place of appointment and what you've done for her as an advisor. And I was excited to meet you. Little did I know I was going to meet you as we were both uh, honored with our respective awards. So I thought that was a pretty cool moment to have happen as well. Yeah, so a funny story behind that. I don't know if she's ever told you this, but um, the entire time, like I, I kept prodding her after I made the finalist list that, you know, Hey, do you, do you have any clue? Like, should I even prepare anything or anything like that? And she was like, yeah, they, they don't let me in those meetings and, you know, because I know you. So played it off for like a month and a half, two months. And after they announced my name, I go up to the, you know, the stage and she comes running out from the back and gives me a hug and she whispers in my ear, I knew the entire time. I was like, ah, <laughs> you know, cause I, I had awesome. no inclination and I, I had only been doing the job for a very short amount of time. Um, so the fact that, and what I had done, you know, they recognized that was a complete shock to me. And I would have never guessed that, you know, what I was doing would have that much of an impact on cat who is awesome. Hi cat. I don't think she listens, but you know, um, <laughs> but just, uh, to be on the job such a short time against going against the other finalists who I've come to know well and their qualifications, it, it still shocks me to this day that I was the one that was selected. Um, but uh, we hope you stick around uh, and provide some insight as long as you can. I know you had mentioned that you know you're on a, a tight time frame, so if you do have to jump off, that's completely fine. But we hope you stick around. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah. If you do have to hop off, and uh, we really appreciate hearing your story, and we appreciate what you have done and are continuing to do for veterans everywhere. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're it's an inspirational story, so keep it up. Definitely. So, Matt, I want to ask you, as a current high-ranking NCO in the United States, very uh, the finest fighting force <laughs> very uh, in the Air Force, yeah. um, you have not attended college, right? Except for maybe the uh, community college of the no, Air Force. I did. I, I actually had a story that was similar to to Cats. You know, I right? went I went to UT for what a semester, and it was just like this is it just wasn't for me, and then. Um, finished that semester, went to Owens for a semester, and that's when I was just like, I got to do something else. And then I joined the military, you know. And then when I came back, I toyed with it a little bit, attended a couple classes, and then just decided to make the Air National Guard a career. So I tinkered around college a little bit. Right now, do you encourage it in the the lower ranks that are under you? Like, you know, hey, you've got these benefits, like use them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So we get so many young kids who. They'll come back and we have some job opportunities and they'll get their jobs very young in age. And I keep telling them, you know, hey, this this was a great career path for me. I enjoy it. One thing I do regret is not finishing everything, you know, that I started. Because now to get anything higher than E7, you need a, at least an associate's degree. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. So, 
I, I had enough credits and then I had to take a, a couple extra classes to get my associate's degree. But yeah, you, you need just at least that to, to get E8 or above. Um, but a lot of these kids that come back and all the stuff that's available to them, I'm like, while you're young and before you, before the choice is made for yeah. you, before your brain smooths you, out, you know, right. <laughs> try to, try to take advantage of all those different opportunities and stuff and, and finish things. So, yeah, I, let's see, I dropped out of Owens and I failed a semester at Toledo. We're, we're a bunch of UT bums. How'd you do it? Derek Zoolander's school for kids that don't read good, but would like to. <laughs> failed out of that too. <laughs> and, and that's how you end up in the active duty army. That's kids. right. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, Pat, I believe you, you have somebody very close to you getting ready to, uh, graduate. Uh, yes. from college yep 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 My, and uh, she's in the air force now right yes she is yeah she just moved into the recruiting for the 180th uh so anybody that's out there that's listening um just give me a shout i can hook you up with the recruiting division but it's my daughter olivia um she's finishing up her degree she'll hopefully be done here in the next couple months the way it sounds and everything, um, and then she's debating on whether she's going to go for her master's or not. Um, as she told me, she's like, eh, I'm going to wait maybe for a little bit um, before she, she branches out and does that. Um, she's utilized pretty much everything that the, the guard has to offer Good. and everything to facilitate that and get her education. Good. Gotcha. So and she so will- not taking out loans. Right and everything, so, perfect. Yeah, as I was gonna say, so she does not have ninety thousand uh, she mistakes does, that she's she gonna have to repay. Let old Jonathan Q taxpayer <laughs> pay for it yep. a while ago. Um, so with with all that, we're a bunch of you know high red bums. Um, you know August fourth, Coast Guard birthday. Mark, oh. where's Mark? Oh, Whoa. Mark, oh, Mark, oh, Mark. We figured oh, he was gonna be Mark. late, and it turns yeah. out he was. Very late and didn't no call, call, no show. He gets yeah. a point. Coast Guard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we can only expect so much. <laughs> exactly. um, so, all you coasties out there, we love you. August fourth, um, go celebrate like the Marines. You've earned it. Nobody celebrates. <laughs> That's like a fact. Oh shit, Aaron! Aaron, we forgot. Aaron can oh, celebrate. Oh, yeah. Aaron, yeah. Aaron. yeah, he wasn't able to make it this week, but yeah. he's, he's been. Pitching they have in, a song. Pitching, I hope so. Does the Coast Guard, Guard have a song? Is it like a pirate? One of those pirate shanties? Do you know? Can't do they? Does the Coast Guard have a song? I mean, that's kind of uh, close to the Navy. Everybody has a service song, I think. Because I know the Space Force came out with theirs like, within the last year or so. So nice. I'm pretty and, sure the Coast Guard has one. They have to. It, <laughs> and, all right. I'll so, just watch some Bugs Bunny episodes. You know, like all the, the songs are throughout <laughs> Bugs Bunny's cartoons. Stop it. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Heavy on the bass. That's a ditty right wow, there. That's a bang. Wow, man. I like it. Semper Paratus. Ooh. I'm ready to do some boot scooting even, boogie. Even trying to steal from the core. Yeah, always ready. That's not... Always ready. Yep. Yeah. Nice. nice. God bless the Coast Guard. Without them, yeah. we'd have a lot more drugs. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> so... Why is it? Why do they? Why do they? Why is it? Why is it like Latin the go to? Why? Like why? I don't understand. I, I think it's a throwback to it's like Roman times school. and the Roman army. Oh. I, don't, I don't actually know. I'm completely making that up, I mean, and I, I don't like, have my computer I'll to Google this box is it because so. like it was I like, like pasta in the seventeen hundred. Don't get me wrong. Well, then we didn't. Nobody speak Latin in the seventeen hundreds. Yeah, they did. All Where? them. All them <laughs> fancy people like Alexander Hamilton. Wait, wait, hey, wait. and he also has <laughs> a good you know Broadway show name. It does. Yeah. 
I, I apologize, Kat. If you haven't listened to the podcast Sorry. before, this is Smooth what we are. Smooth brains. <laughs> should take our curveballs and run with them. I definitely listened to a few episodes beforehand. Don't worry, Jason. I got your bed. Gotcha. Like Thanks. Like Thanks. Like <laughs> somebody has oh. to. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's August 7th, Purple Heart Day. So definitely want to recognize all of those individuals who were injured um, at war and received a Purple Heart. So luckily... I was not one of them. Right. Yeah, yeah. me too. That's one, of the, that's one of those awards in the stack that I am glad that I did not have. And, yeah. and I have heard that the getting ice cream in the, the VA hospitals, like, that's not a thing. Like, if you're injured at war and you go to, like, Forrest Gump, they show him, like, getting ice cream next to Lieutenant Dan. Yes. Apparently, that's not a thing. Lieutenant Dan didn't want his ice cream. He wasn't in the mood for <laughs> yeah. it. You know? I wouldn't have been in the mood either. <laughs> My legs are gone. I, I don't know. I'm always in the mood for ice cream if I'm being real. Right. <laughs> um, so the the next topic I want to cover Ooh, is something man, we're that's going right down the list yeah. this week. Well, wait a minute. When did when did the Purple Heart? When was it created? Oh yeah. Who at this table I, knows? Oh I don't know. That has not Google it like I did. <laughs> I, well, I can gonna, tell you. I was going to say. Uh, uh, you know? Actually, you know I'm going to take a stab at it. Oh, if unless Cat wants to. Cat, go for it. I do not know. Okay. Civil War. Okay. Abraham Lincoln. Uh huh. They created so many. That we are still using the Purple Hearts that they made back then from World War II, maybe? Like, it was created in the Civil War, but they printed so many in World War II that we're still using those ones. Am I right? Okay. No. It was established in 1782. Holy crap. By George Washington and was known as the Badge of Military Merit. Interesting. I was way off. So, and I'm the history major. It was, yeah, it was uh, established by George Washington, the commander in chief, as a way to honor his troops. Nice. Interesting. So, Look at that. Dropping knowledge bombs. That's yeah, what we do here. That, you know what? It's amazing what a Marine and a tablet in his hand can do. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Dave, you're fired. Yeah, that's fun. Um, I'll find a different hobby. <laughs> No, I meant from the uh, the, the history stuff. Well, I, well, I'm reading about the war in North Africa right now, <laughs> World War II, so it's, <laughs> no. the purple, it's in the back of my mind. Well, gotcha. I d- also, if you are not aware, approximately 500 women have been awarded the Purple Heart in the entire history nice. of the medal. I mean, not nice. We don't want well, anybody yeah. injured over there, yeah, but exactly. um, it's an interesting statistic I was not ready for. So I, it was interesting, like just along the line of Purple Hearts. One of the um, we have a veterans ball in Williams County, mm-hmm. and uh, they always try to recognize a veteran. And about two years ago, um, unfortunately, uh, what, the veteran that was recognized, he had applied for his uh, Purple Heart. Um, he was at I think Da Nang or somewhere in Vietnam uh, when they were. Uh, getting shelled and everything he got blew up and for some reason like the paperwork always would never get to where it needed in order to get that purple heart and uh they finally that year were were able with the veterans uh, office in williams county were able to get his purple heart issued to and unfortunately he passed away about two months before the veterans ball but they did present it to his family and everything that's nice and so based on that that's actually a really good transition to a different topic, so I'm actually gonna, you know, change, flip the script here real quick. Whoa. We're gonna go to the movie review. Cat, um, Cat, did you watch Courage Under Fire by chance? This month's episode is brought to you in part by Forever in Bloom by Jamie Tusco, your artificial and solo wood florist. Call Jamie at four one nine five five one three one 
1-800-283-4483 for your home decor, bridal bouquets, and special occasion needs. I did. So I was so excited for this transition. I was like, I get it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I know what he's doing. There yeah. we go. So there for me, go. the one thing I took away from Courage Under Fire when I watched it, uh, Dave, um, is the amount of investigation that goes in with the Medal of Honor. Like that is they that is no joke. Like if you get put up for that award, they mm-hmm. will interview anybody associated with that instance. And for me being over in Iraq, and I think I bet you guys have experienced this as well. Uh there's a lot of people walking around with awards um especially in the officer ranks that you know maybe are a little questionable but with the medal of honor like that is no joke they will investigate the hell out of that award to make sure that you are worthy mm-hmm. what are your thoughts cat i honestly thought it was very interesting because uh knowing someone has passed it's investigating do they warrant it even though they gave the ultimate sacrifice so it makes me feel a little weird Right. Okay. I would say, well, no. I would say um, just uh, one of the things that struck me just was the letter that she had written and given, given to her, uh, I think it was the crew chief, Matt Damon, skinny Matt Damon, not the, <laughs> the, um, the larger one as he is in Oppenheimer now. But um, that, that kind of struck a chord because we did that when I was over there. Really? Um, we had you know, written letters and giving them to the, the guys in the platoon and everything. It's like, hey, you know, probably won't happen, but hey, if it does, can you make sure this gets to, to whoever? You're oh, you mean the, uh, what, do, what do they call those? Uh, the letter you write home in case you lose your life? Yeah. That letter? Yeah. Uh, that has a name. I can't remember what it's called, though. Well, that was more of a just us, just us doing it as a, you know, platoon more than um, a standard one and everything. Um, but that was, I mean, that, that, that was something that struck home with me and everything. And I think, um, (laughs) what, what I found not funny, but kind of funny was the fact how the military, um, circled the wagons per se around old Denzel and how they kind of directed that investigation, um, from when, uh, the, uh, tank incident. And he was just kind of leading them like, okay, cool. Yep, yep. Well, whatever it happened, moving on. Um, and how they're like protecting those people that uh, they feel they want to keep going up and rank. And right. I mean, that's, you know, struck me as, oh, okay. Yeah. It, sorry if there's a little bit of noise. Uh, the Task Force 20 dogs, Gunner and Ruby, have decided to join the podcast. So that's, that's <laughs> tail wagging under the uh, table that you're hearing right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, but yeah, you were you were excited about the transition. So, uh, any other thoughts on the movie Courage Under Fire? That's for you, Cat. Uh, it brings a lot of attention to PTSD and survivor's guilt and all of those things. Um, even though I'm not on video, I am wearing a Task Force Twenty shirt with the teal ribbon. Love it. I love it. And love to hear it. We'll need a picture of that. We'll need photographic proof so we can use it as the, as the photo for the I podcast. I love it to Jason. I love it. Um, yeah. But knowing the guilt that the actor Denzel Washington is portraying is kind of struggling 
with his own kind of sense of grief as he discovers. Well, I don't know if I should say it because it spoils the end. Are we encouraging people to watch oh, this? No, I don't it, want to spoil oh, it. It's 20 some years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's no spoiler alerts after 20 years. Yeah, right. You're right. Uh, for it to come piece together to realize that if he was directly involved in this, even though he had no idea that this is what the investigation was going to lead to is also something that's kind of like earth shattering, but kind of like a reminder of why it's important to have moments of reflection and have honest conversations because he also had that instance with his wife as well. So just a lot of things that uh, kind of put into perspective myself when we talk to those who are currently struggling or may have not had the opportunity to have an open conversation about what they've been through is to be mindful of that they may have extended amounts of guilt that they don't know how to carmentalize or even verbalize. No, 100%. So that's what I kind of honed in on the most was that uh, flashback portion of the film. Yeah, that, sure. it, it's extremely important to not just carry the weight of your emotions. Um, there's people out there willing to listen. Um, so talk about it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's okay. Um, so I think next month... Uh, we're going to. Oh, I had something else. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Back Pat. That's just a second. Drop Jeez. the knowledge. I thought it was interesting that, especially with the Lou Diamond Phillips character. Oh, what a great actor! Yes. I mean, I love Lou Diamond Phillips <laughs> in the Young Gun movies. Oh yeah, oh, Young oh, Guns was great. But I thought it was interesting how, um, it was portrayed when they came under fire and everything, and how uh, he actually acted. And I think that's something that uh, that a lot of People, at least some of the people that I saw, whether they talked the talk, but whether it could walk that walk when it when it happened, and and how it was important to him to keep that, um, I guess not status, but that, right, you know, example of yeah, I'm a, a tough old guy, right, and the fact, I mean, yeah, I I, I was scared over there, I freaking hated it, I want to get my butt right. out of there and go home, <laughs> yeah. But, um, so anyway, yeah, no, it, excellent, excellent, uh, points. I think next month we're going to talk about the movie. Thank you for your service. I had seen this shortly after it first came out and had a certain perception then. And I started watching it. It's on, I think Amazon prime right now. And just from what I've watched, I'm realizing now that I'm like several years removed, a couple decades removed from my military service. Um, cool. I, I'm seeing a different perception of what that movie is. Um, Can we just agree to never do basic on the podcast? Yeah, no, I mean, unless we're going to talk about how terrible <laughs> never, the movie is. Never, never. Um, it shouldn't we're, even be brought up. Okay, perfect. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we all understand. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got a question for you guys. Um, all of us? Or? Well, it's uh, we're going to throw it out there. If anybody out oh, in the, oh, uh, out into the old out into the uh, ether, yeah, out there in the the social medias. Um, if anybody can tell us, since we're talking about college and all of that, we're going to talk about college football. If anybody can tell us, ITT Tech, that counts. <laughs> no, that counts. No, no football program. <laughs> <laughs> um, in what year was the first Army Navy football game? Who won? And what was the final score? If anybody can tell us on any of the social media platforms, you're going to get a, a ten dollar Chick Fil A Actually, gift card. I think you're getting uh, a couple tickets. Is that where we're starting? We're going to push it up and do it this time, that, or was that next time? Instead you know, we'll do card. both. Tickets. We'll do both. Okay. okay. All right. So if you're in the area, 
Um, or, I mean, if you want to travel in for our banquet, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to throw a couple tickets to our banquet that is on September 8th at the Pinnacle in Maumee, Ohio, um, along with it. So you're going to get a $10 gift card to Chick-fil-A plus two tickets to our banquet. If you can tell us what year was the first Army-Navy football game played, who won, and what was the final score. And I have it on good accord that you can Google it because that's <laughs> what? what I did. Uh, no. <laughs> yep. No, you gotta um, know these things. But right? if you know it and you're fast to the social media, you're gonna beat everybody. That's right. Exactly. Um, so with that, th- we've had something that we've been kind of playing. We've very been stewing on, yeah. Close to the vest. Absolutely. Um, a lot of work going on behind the scenes. Yeah. We're not just a bunch of pretty faces. <laughs> right. yeah, we radio. actually do things That's sometimes. Right. Um, we're actually in the in the middle of building a new memorial to recognize. Uh, those service members who have unfortunately completed suicide. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of that on online, Kat. Yes. Well, a little bit. Our little memorial um, teaser that was online. I did see it. Sorry. I was on mute. I keep doing the tap to talk. She oh. was trying. No, you were Googling trying to get our <laughs> social media so you can win the tickets. That's okay. <laughs> It's it's kind of a long drive from Virginia, but I mean, Sorry. if you're willing to make it, we'll, we'll get you some tickets. Um, so this memorial, uh, we've we've been actually been working on it close to a year now. Um, it started off as one thing, and we just kept talking about it, and it's transformed into this whole new thing. And we are going to do our best right now. We are tracking to unveil the memorial at our banquet. Um, but do we do we just want to throw it all out there? Throw it out there, John. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Go. Go. Yeah, so this memorial uh is two four foot tall mirrors that are bronzed for nostalgic effect. Oh. Um placed on two two foot platforms. So the entire thing is about six feet tall. And we are every year going to update the VA report. Uh, suicide report statistics, so that way the reports are always um, up to date. And the two mirrors are going to be uh, cut into the numbers 2 and 0. And the mirrors are, the meaning is twofold, right? There's the symbolism that we want the individuals to see themselves in the mirror and reflect upon what it is they are doing to help curb the veteran suicides. And we also want individuals to realize that every single one of those 30,177 service members or veterans that have taken their own lives looked exactly like you and us on the outside. Uh, And you wouldn't have known because chances are they weren't willing to talk about it or, you know, um, yeah, they they look just like everybody else. Absolutely. Um, and those are the two things that we hope to, you know, take from it. And that's why we went with the mirror aspect. And we also have a bronze Battlestar Cross um, where we have three individuals that were very close to our organization that took their own lives. Dog tags. Uh, something we've recently decided to incorporate is we are going to allow others to donate custom dog tags. Uh, we don't want Social Security numbers. Uh, any personal information like that, but you can mail us dog tags of the veterans and service members that you know 
that have taken their own lives so that they can be incorporated into uh, this memorial. Yeah. And, and I think that I can speak for all of us that we are proud to hopefully be able to, you know, be the, be the keepers um, of, of those dog tags and the stories that they tell. Um, And, you know, hopefully, you know, this memorial, not only, is it going to be, you know, a, a reflection and a remembrance of those that we lost? But hopefully in that reflection, um, you know, we can maybe help prevent um, from having to lose any more. Right. Yeah, definitely. So um, it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, the the, the kind of the mock mock ups and stuff and, and the vision we've got, it's, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be pretty neat. Um, you know, the goal is to is to have it be portable enough that, um, you know, it can kind of be be borrowed and leased out and and shown around uh you know to anybody that that wants to display it and uh you know that this message that you know needs to be spread i think the awareness has been raised you know and now it's time to recognize you know those that that lost that battle to their demons right yeah there's so many memorials out there for those lives that are lost in battle right and then we talk about the unforeseen wounds of war mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the challenges and, and the internal battles that we really wanted to incorporate all of them into something as well and make sure that, you know, their memories aren't forgotten. Um, and then from 9-11 to 2020, that's that's the number. Um, they're the accepted number, if you will, of 30,177. So, uh, that, that's a lot of lives. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just over 20 years, it's, it's a, it's a sad statistic for sure. Yeah. And, and that's why we do what we do. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's and, why, that's why we're, that's why you hear us yammering on every month on the 20th. Yep. You know, we're just, you know, trying to do our little part and spread our little stories and, and, and get that number. We want to hold that number right there where it's at. We don't want to add one yeah. more, one Definitely. more number to that st- statistic. And I, I'm guessing same with the Travis Manion Foundation. I mean, that's I, I believe that's why they were kind of started as well, if I'm correct. Yep, starting through the loss of a loved one and trying to find meaning and how can we provide help, support, and help those grieve. So similar. Yeah. So uh, the only thing I have left on our agenda today is a little bit more about the banquet. Uh, so this year's banquet is turning out to be huge, Ooh. and uh, we just last week uh, kind of ironed everything out to where we are going to have Major Ed Polito uh, as our guest speaker. Um, he's Very an individual. He, story. he, you know, uh, ended up uh, losing a leg due to an IED in Iraq, I believe. In ooh, I, I don't even want to. I don't have it in front of me. I don't want to guess the year. But he's an individual that has overcome uh, some pretty serious obstacles uh, in his life uh, and in his service. And he's gone on to create his own nonprofits and just, from what I understand, a very electrifying individual. Uh, He's going to be at our banquet, and he's going to tell a little bit about his story. Um, and of course, the Skittle Bots after party. If you don't know, oh, the bots, the the Skittle Bots. They're they're pretty big in Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan. And of course, get the the nominations in. We've got Civilian of the Year, we've got Veteran of the Year, and Veteran Organization of the Year. And one of the things that I'm proud about with these 
uh, awards is they're not chosen by us. Like the community has to go in and nominate these yep. individuals. Um, you know, we don't, we know we are not the end all be all for everybody. And we want to know the good things that other people are doing in the community. And we want to recognize them and reward them just handsomely. Yes. And, uh, I can tell you, uh, from a group that runs a nonprofit, uh, if somebody's willing to just give us money and we don't have to go out and hustle for it, mm-hmm. um, that's the, we'll the best, yep. best kind yep. of money. We'll take Absolutely. Um, and we give these individuals money towards their missions. And all you had to do was go in and tell us why they're deserving. And we want to help. And absolutely. So. Yeah. So please. Yeah. Um, it, it's super easy to nominate, uh, you know, an org or a veteran or a civilian, um, just go to our website at tf20.org and uh, you just click around for a little bit, search around on the interwebs. Buy something too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> buy one of those. We have a lot of ducks. Buy one of those sweet Dave Gedman design shirts. Get you a duck. Um, but yeah, and, and nominate somebody that's that you think is making a difference in the community, uh, in the veteran community, Northwest Ohio, Southeast Michigan, wherever. Um, and uh, that way we can recognize them and, and get them some money towards their mission. All right. So with that, we'll go around the table with uh, final thoughts. We'll start with you, Kat. I really get appreciate the opportunity to come on here and for you guys offering a microphone to veterans to speak about causes they care about. I feel having more open dialogue about coming out of service and pursuing something like higher education is important, especially whether you get out after four years or retire at 20 or anything in all in between having that insight of what higher ed looks like uh, and knowing that some of your feelings might be echoed in what I've said or what you've said or any of one else has said today uh, can mean a lot, especially encourage people to ask more questions. What does my school offer for veterans? What services are available to me at school? So appreciate that alongside being able to hone in on conversations on what Courage of Fire has shown us and all that stuff. So thank you so much for having me today. Um, would you, you like coming. to, uh, like, uh, you got a website or social media or anything of the, the, um, organizations that you work with, you'd like to blast out to our listeners? Circle back to me. I'm going to get, I'm going to get them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll come back to you. At the All right, end. Perfect. Uh, Pat, Pat Tusco. Uh, just want to say, uh, get your nominations in for our awards and everything. Um, no matter how small or whatever uh, thing that they're doing to contribute to helping veterans, um, you never know. They will probably be worthy and, uh, just helps us get our mission out there. The more people we have that, uh, that apply for our awards. And, uh, if you got nothing going on September 8th, come on, it's going to be a good time. Dave, you, you, you ain't seen no party like what there's going to be on September 8th. <laughs> and make sure you get those $20 after party tickets, too, because it is going to be legit. Um, the, the great event planner that we've got, you know, going on, she's doing a great job getting getting everything lined up. Um, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Uh, thank everybody. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you, Kat, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, these things get a lot more b- boring and dull <laughs> when we don't have somebody yeah. like you to come on and share your story with us. So we really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, no, thank you guys. Thanks for coming over and blessing me this fine Sunday morning, uh, that we're recording this podcast and, uh, <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, yeah, that's all I got me yammering on over here. So we would let Matt Matt do his thing now. Can I, uh, I just want to echo everyone else and thank you for coming on. Um, In true first sergeant fashion, yes, yes. <laughs> the word the the ethos that you had. If I get it right, if it's not you, who is that? What you said. <laughs> If not me, then you. If not me, then you. So it no. just. Who? If not me, then who? who? Like an owl. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, no, Stam. Come on, Stam. That, that got me thinking. And the more and more that we talk and stuff like that, one of the things that I love about this organization is, you know, we like to do what we do. and But we never take a moment not to, you know, check out to all the others who are doing the same missions, you know. So if if you're not exactly doing that if if you're not doing something who's going to do it and you know all the things that you've done um it was amazing you have an amazing story and for all the listeners out there um you know you can really take those words to heart saying you know everyone could do something so if it's it's not going to be you then who so be part of the who that's helping to stop veterans from suicide or helping them through just whatever demons they have that you know we can all stick together and it's it's a worthy cause. Absolutely, and the Who also very underrated British invasion band. Just, uh, <laughs> I mean, just, pinball wizard. Yeah, pinball wizard is literal classic. Yeah, love love the Who, and that's not only that, but I digress. One of the best Super Bowl half times in recent memory. I really right. enjoyed when they did that. Which one was that? That was like what ten years ago. I have so? no idea. I have no idea how long ago it was, but it was just like. Like people always trashed all these Super Bowl hats. Like I thought that one was awesome. I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> that was good. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. If not me, then who? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Kat, did you did you track down those websites and stuff? I did. So on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, you can follow Student Vets America with at Student Vets for Travis Manning Foundation on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. It's going to be Travis Manning Foundation with no space, but since no one else said it. If you want to win those tickets to follow Task Force 20, it's task underscore force 20 on Instagram. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Give yeah. us a shout out. Yeah, what a guest. Yeah. <laughs> Best guest ever. Right? <laughs> you're the first one to ever. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I knew, I knew you were the right awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um So my final thoughts will be. Nobody, uh, nobody asked for your final thoughts. That's, that is true. Oh. He's going to give them anyways. Though. Yes, so that, that is also true. There we go. Uh, go get a oh. snack. There, there is, there, there's no party like a Task Force 20 party. Uh, we may or may not have, in the very recent past, had the police shut down one of our events because mm-hmm. too many people came. Mm-hmm. True story. Yeah. Um, so that tickets are limited to the banquet, <laughs> where we can't just let everybody in. We we learned, um, but you know it's it's the banquet is really turning out to be something special. And uh, I also want to say, Kat, it's not only been a pleasure to have you on uh, this month's podcast, but it's been a pleasure to be your friend the last couple of years. And I hope Aww. that continues. Aww, thanks so much. I, again, really appreciate it from the moment. Uh, your contact photo is that photo we took after the award ceremony. So greatly appreciate your guidance, support, and friendship as well. Always. So with that, Till next time. Howdy, howdy. Uh, I just want to thank you all for listening. Uh, we are Task Force 20, and we are honoring those who didn't come home by trying to take care of those who did. If you are or know a struggling veteran, please take down the Veteran Crisis Hotline number, 
800-888-8255. Reach out to your people and don't be scared to ask for help. If someone crosses your mind, text, call, or email them and let them know. You just might save a life. We train together, we compete together, and we survive together. Until next time.